Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week. Only about 13 or 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's Word and helps us thereby to stand strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. Share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. Help somebody grow in their faith. Help them come closer to God. Help them get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. Start sharing today. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about truth from a particular perspective. We're talking about when we face a crisis in our life, and almost every single one of us, probably every single one of us, does exactly that at some point in time, maybe several crises during our physical lives on this earth. Well, what do we do? How do we get through that? How do we stand strong against whatever that crisis is or in the face of it? How do we work through it and come, become stronger in the end than we were to begin with? Well, we're talking about a foundational truth or a foundation of truth that will see us through whatever this life might throw at us. And there are all kinds of crises that we face. They can be financial. They can be job-related. They can be relational, breakdown of the home in one way or another, or maybe breakdown of a friendship, a close friendship between somebody else and yourself. So they can be relational. They can be, again, financial. They can be job-related, as we've said. A whole host of situations, a whole host of realities that face us, and the list can go on and on. Maybe we have really prepared for some particular, for some particular profession. We've gone, you know, through the college uh, classes. We've gone through graduate work. We've put years and years into preparing for this particular in, uh, endeavor in our lives. This is what we're going to do in life. We're going to make our living this way. We're going to serve humanity. We're going to take care of our family. And then we get into it, and it absolutely does not work out. Now, you might say, well, why did somebody you know, do all that and then not follow through. It happens all the time, literally. You'd be amazed, perhaps, at how many college graduate, uh, college graduate graduates, <laughs> what I'm saying is they've, they've gone through graduate school and college. They've graduated. They've got their degrees. They've got their master's, and they're working in restaurants, or maybe they're selling shoes. Uh, they're not working in the field in which they spent or for which they spent so many years in preparation and discipline. The reasons for that can be different but for different individuals, but the fact is it, it did not work out. At least it has not worked out to this point. Well, is that something of a crisis? You realize that, that a college student can come away from four years of college, let alone going through graduate school in addition to the four years of regular college studies, and they can come away owing well over $100,000 in debt that they have taken out in the form of loans to pay their way through college? Now, what are they going to do if they can't find a job in their field in which they have prepared? or for which they have prepared. What are they going to do? Well, 
Could that be something of a crisis situation? Well, as I said, how many times, how many people in our lives have we known who have told us that they went to the doctor, they weren't feeling well, they're having a pain here or there, and and the doctor said, well, after a number of tests that they were diagnosed with cancer. And maybe it was far along, maybe it was even going to be terminal. Or what about going to work one day and and struck with a massive stroke or a massive heart attack? Crisis situations. What do your what what does your family do in the case of that? What do you do? How do you deal with that? Well, there has to be some foundation of truth that will see you through. God's word is that truth. And it is the only the only real truth that will see us through not just in this life whatever crisis we might face face, but it will see us through victoriously and expectantly all the way to eternity, to a home in heaven. We talked about in the what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 19 and verses and verses seven through eleven. <clears throat> he talks about God's word there in several frames of reference. And <clears throat> just let me let me mention those. First, he says the law of the Lord. Then he says the testimony of the Lord. Then he says the statutes of the Lord. Then he says the commandment of the Lord. And then he refers to them as the fear of the Lord, living by his teachings, and the judgments of the Lord. All of these, he says, are true and righteous altogether. And they're more to be desired than gold. We think a lot of times that Money is the answer to whatever crisis situation we might be confronted with. Well, money's not going to necessarily take care of a terminal cancer patient and make them well when their diagnosis is it's already stage four or stage five. Now, money is a nice security to have, but it's not going to fix all situations. When a spouse serves her his or her spouse with divorce papers and say, that's it. There's no way we're going to reconcile. I want out. Money is not going to fix that. Not going to keep the marriage together. When a child is faced with losing a parent, one or the other, or maybe both from whatever circumstance, maybe it's a car accident and both mom and daddy were killed, or maybe it is a divorce. Money is not going to fix that. You see, what, what about our soul again? If we're talking about eternal condemnation or eternal life in heaven, money's not going to determine one or the other. We're not going to be able to buy our way into, into a home in heaven, no matter how much money we might have. But if we'll walk by the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, if we will follow his word and respect of the Lord, if we will pay attention to the judgments of the Lord, then, oh, we're going to have a security that is far more valuable than gold, far more valuable than the greatest amount of money this world could possibly offer us, could give us, or could, could present to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 15, the apostle Paul referred to the preciousness of God's word from this perspective. He says, 
is writing to young Timothy, and he reminds him that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, it is God's very word and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, where do we get real hope in life? A lot of people may point to a, in a lot of different directions, and a whole lot of people would point to money again. But money is not a salvation issue. Money is a tool that, with which God blesses us to take care of the necessities of life. But where do we really find the anchor for our soul? It's in the hope that is offered to us by God through Jesus Christ in the message of the gospel. Romans 1 and verse 16, the apostle Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, God's word then gives us real hope, a hope that we can hang on to, a hope that this world cannot destroy unless we let it. And, and think about now how the Hebrews writer refers to this hope, to this hope. He refers to it as an anchor of the soul, an anchor of the soul. Think about that. Now, how precious is it to have an anchor in our life, no matter what life might throw at us, to have a true anchor of the soul? God offers us that anchor through the hope that is communicated to us in his word, an anchor of the soul. How precious. Again, how valuable is that? Well, how many people really avail themselves of the opportunity? How many people really apply themselves to learning God's word, which really gives us the only positive, the only, should we say, successful direction through life? How many people open a Bible once a week? How many people open a Bible once a month? How many people open a Bible and read from it even once in a year? A whole lot of people, they don't. It would be a rare occasion for them to pick up a copy of God's Word and start to read it at all, even a few verses one time. Now again, what does the Apostle Peter say? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, the truth of God's word, through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, so it's not a physical rebirth, but of incorruptible. How? Through the word of God which lives and abides forever. We can hang our hat on the teachings of God's word because simply it is God's word. And what is faith? Real faith in God? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. It's not a blind leap in the dark. It's not wild, wishful thinking. It is a hope. It is evidence. It is based upon substance because it is truly the Word of God. We don't believe the Bible because somebody told us you ought to believe the Bible. We believe the Bible because of all of the evidence that supports its teachings. Jesus really walked this earth. He really was crucified on that cross. He was really buried in that tomb, and he really came forth risen, and he really ascended back to heaven. And so there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, only through the name of Christ, only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to start to look at some examples of Bible characters that found a truth that saw them through crisis. And that is the same truth that can see you through any crisis in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being there, for loving us, for caring about us, and for caring for us so much in so many ways through your blessings. Help us to come to you, Father, always for strength, for endurance, for deliverance. You and your word are our hope and your Lord and Savior, or in your Son, our Lord and Savior. Please, Father, we pray at this time, please forgive us and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.